0: We meet today in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 12. The church is a soldier, the soldier's enemy. That is what we are looking at. We have come to the theme of this chapter, which is the church as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We have seen the Christian in his relationships. God begins with him in the home. Then God has something to say to him as he moves out into the world where he is either an employee or an employer. He has to be one or the other. And as a child of God, he has to contribute to the welfare of contemporary society. He needs to be a producer one way or the other. Now we learn of the soldier's enemy. There is a battle to be fought. One of the things that is commonly misunderstood today is that the child of God is in a battle, and the battle is being fought along spiritual lines. If the duties which relate to the commonplace are not faithfully followed, then there can be no great spiritual victories in the high realm of Christian attainments. We are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. How wonderful! My friend, we are walking right down here on earth, and our theology has to walk in shoe leather. If you are not living a life that pleases Christ, you are wasting your time even attending revival conferences and Bible classes. Often in Christian circles, we see a display of bitterness, vitriol, and hatred, which hurts the very cause of Christ a great deal. Why is it that we can have so much exalted teaching, and such low living there are too many who are fundamental in their heads but liberals in their feet we must be able to match our talk with our walk there is a great danger in thinking that all we need is a head knowledge and a vocabulary so that we can spout out our positions lucidly and fluently but can lead careless christian lives To do this is to misunderstand where the battle is being fought. I do not think that the devil is concentrating in the nightclubs or on skid row or in the underworld or in the mafia. No, I think he is concentrating in the church on the Sunday morning service. He is working on the pulpit front and too many sleepy Christians seem to be totally unaware of his tactics. Too many Christians are concerned about closing up the beer holes when they need to be closing their mouths from gossiping and criticizing people. The devil is working in an area where we least expect to find him. He is not out on the town on Saturday night. I tell you, he has gone to bed early so he can get up and go to church on Sunday morning. The spiritual battle is being fought. Wherever man is giving out the word of God, where a church is standing in the word of God, the battle is being fought there. That is the place the devil wants to destroy, and that is the place of the spiritual battle. Sometimes the most dangerous place you can be is in a church on Sunday morning. Where was the most dangerous place in Jerusalem the night Jesus was arrested? Was it with the Pharisees? I tell you, The most dangerous place was in the upper room with Jesus. And do you know why? That is where the devil was that night. It is said that he entered into Judas Iscariot to betray him. The devil was there. I believe both Judas Iscariot and Simon Peter could testify to the fact that that was the most dangerous place to have been that night in Jerusalem. We need to recognize where the battle is being fought. You may remember that at the beginning of our study in this epistle to the Ephesians, I compared the book to the book of Joshua. What Joshua is to the Old Testament, Ephesians is to the New Testament. Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, and there were enemies in the field. There were battles to be fought, and there were victories to be won. The child of God should be living today in Canaan. Remember, Canaan does not represent heaven. It could not because there were enemies in Canaan and battles to be fought. You and I as believers are in the place of soldier service. The soldier's enemy is identified and the battle is before us. When Joshua entered the promised land, there were three enemies that confronted him. First, there was the city of Jericho. Standing right in the way, Jericho represents the world today. What Jericho was to Joshua, the world is to the Christian. Joshua was told to march around the city, not to fight it. We cannot overcome the world by fighting the world. It is a mistake if we try that method. 1st John chapter 5 verse 4 to verse 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, the only way we can overcome the world is by our faith and trust in God. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. First John chapter 2, verse 15. You see, the things of the world are passing away. And the child of God is not to love them. Our experience here is to be a Canaan experience. The second enemy that confronted Joshua was the little town of Ai or Ai. Ai represents the flesh. Joshua thought it would be easy to overcome that little city. So he sent out a small detachment and they were really whipped. When they came back, Joshua got down on his face, and he began to whimper and cry before God. God told him, Get up! Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. Joshua 7 verse 10 and 11 And that sin had to be confessed and put away before God would give Israel the victory. And this is what you and I must do if we are to overcome the flesh. Many Christians have a victory over the world. They are marching around Jericho, tooting a horn as the children of Israel, blew their trumpets saying, I don't do this, I don't do that. But they are being defeated by the flesh. They are overcome by timber. They are overcome by gossiping. The flesh will continue to make one lie about everything. I represents the flesh. Then thirdly, Joshua had to contend with the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were clever, sly rascals. They lived just over the hill, but they took old, moldy bread and wore worn-out shoes and made everything look as if they had come on a long journey. They came into the camp where Joshua was and said, Brother, we have heard about you. My, we have heard How God delivered you from Egypt and gave you victories over Sihon and Og. And we want to make a treaty with you. We want to be your friends. That is in Joshua 9 verse 4 to verse 11. That is the way the devil approaches us, my friend. He is the deceiver. And he makes his ministers seem like angels of light. He is a deceiver. He is a trickster. Someone described a leader of a cult by saying... I listen to that man, he is so attractive, so personable, he is really wonderful, and what he says thrills me. (laughs) Now listen to this and remember it, for certain himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen to 15 Now, my friend, do you think that the devil is going to knock at your door and say, Look, I am the devil. I'm here to take you in. I'm here to fool you. Obviously, that's not the way that the devil will approach you. He will use every possible way to deceive you. He may even send someone to knock at your door and offer you literature that will explain the Bible. Or he may approach you this way. If you are in a church that is even going liberal, he will say, Remember, grandpa had a pew in that church, and that window over there is named after grandma. You can't afford to leave this church because you have so much that is invested here. That is the approach of the enemy. Yet the word of God says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Second Corinthians 6 verse 17, and the devil will say, But we really need you here, so why don't you just stick around? See, he is so subtle. The Gibeonites represents the devil. They fooled Joshua, and they made a treaty with him. They were the sons who got him. They were now the ones who got him into trouble at Ai. The sin had to be confessed and dealt with severely before God would give them victory. And that is the way we overcome the flesh. But what about the Gibeonites? Joshua made an alliance with them, and they gave him trouble. If we line up with Satan, we will find ourselves defeated. What can we do? Listen, my friend. We cannot overcome him ourselves. You and I are no match for the devil. We are not even told to fight the devil. We are told that God will fight for us. Here is how. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to verse 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Please allow me again to use my translation, which goes like, Finally, or in my conclusion, my brothers, be strengthened in the Lord, and in the power of his might, put on the armour or the panoplia of God, in order that you may be able to stand against the stratagems or the methodias of the devil. For our wrestling is not against blood and flesh, but against the principalities, against powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of evil in the heavenly places and things. What in the world is Paul talking about? Well, he is talking about spiritual wickedness, about that which is satanic. Notice that he is coming to the end of this epistle. And he says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power or in and in the power of his might. Or finally, you see, you cannot overcome the devil in your own strength and in your own power. Paul is definitely making a play upon two Greek words. The panoplyon of God is needed and available to meet the methodias of the devil. Be strong in the Lord. That is the only place you and I get power. The enemy whom the Christian is to fight is not flesh and blood. The enemy is spiritual and the warfare is spiritual. That's why we need spiritual power. It is well to note that the flesh of the believer is not the enemy to be fought. The believer is to reckon the flesh dead and to yield to God. The way of victory over the flesh is outlined actually in Romans chapter 6. Fighting the old nature will lead to defeat and Paul records such an experience in Romans chapter 7. My friend, it is only God's armor which can withstand the strategy and the onslaught of Satan who has all kinds of weapons that which we call spiritual missiles. We need an anti-missile system if we are going to overcome him. That is why it is so important for the Christian soldier to recognize that he does not fight an enemy who is flesh and blood. We are not to fight other men. The enemy is spiritual, and the warfare is spiritual. The devil is the enemy of every believer, and the one here whom we are told to fight. The way to victory over the devil is to obey the commands to put on the whole armor of God and to stand, as in verse 11. We are in a spiritual battle. The devil has a battle array. The battle has in his battle array his minions arranged by ranks. It says that we wrestle against them. This speaks of the hand-to-hand encounter with the spiritual forces of wickedness. The translation of verse 12 is not as strong as it should be. It should actually read, for our wrestling is not against blood and flesh, but against the principalities, against powers and against the rulers of this darkness. And these are all spiritual, against the spiritual hosts of evil in the heavenly places. You see, this is our warfare, and it's in progress right now. We are wrestling now. There is a demonic world around us, and it is manifesting itself at The very present hour Today demonism is a popular subject And it is plainly exhibited We have the church of Satan In many of our cities There are strange things happening To certain of these weird Way out groups People are being ensnared And led into all kinds of demonism There are spiritual forces Working in the world Evil forces working against the church they are working against the believers, against God, against Christ. The fact that there is a spiritual enemy to be overcome is well illustrated in the 10th chapter of Daniel. Daniel had been praying, and he didn't get any answer. He had been praying for three weeks. We read in Daniel 10 verse 2 and 3, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Finally an angel came and touched him and said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking, this word came to me. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Daniel 10 verse 11 to 12. Now, if that was true, then Daniel had every right to ask. Then where in the world have you been for three weeks? Listen to the angel as he continued in giving an answer. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Daniel 10 verse 13. You see, he was in conflict with a demon, and he had to go back for reinforcement. This was a spiritual battle that was going on, and we likewise have won today. We are engaged in a spiritual battle. We have said that these powers are organized. Principalities are the demons who have the oversight of nations. They would correspond to the ranks of generals. Powers are the privates who are the demons wanting to possess human beings. The rulers of the darkness of this world are those demons who have charge of Satan's worldly business. Spiritual wickedness in high places are the demons in the heavenly places who have charge of religion. You see, Satan has a well-organized group and his organization is manipulating in this world right now. The heartbreak, the heartache, the suffering, the tragedies of life are the works of Satan in the background. He is the cause of the great problems that are in our world today. We have the enemy located and identified. That enemy is spiritual. It is Satan who heads up his demonic forces. Now we need to recognize where the battle is. I think the church has largely lost sight of the spiritual battle. We feel that if we have a lovely church building and are attracting many crowds to our church, and if we have finances coming in, everything is going well. Well, the financial condition of a church, however, is not where the battle is. I will give it to you, I will grant it to you, that if a church which has been supporting itself begins to get in debt, It is an indication that something is going wrong. Actually, it means that the battle is being lost in the spiritual realm. There should be questions such as, Are the members of the church being built up in Christ? Is the word of God being taught? Is there a spirit of love and cooperation among the members? Is gossip reduced to a minimum? There must not be an exercise in legalism, but an exercise in right relationships among those who are the brethren in Christ. Where there is a spirit of criticism and of bitterness and of hatred, the Spirit of God cannot work. Churches like to talk about the numbers who come to Christ. They like to talk about how many decisions they have had. Yet when the facts are really boiled down and examined, you will look for the so-called converts. Two years later, you often find that They have disappeared. Now, we don't seem to realize that there is a spiritual warfare being carried on today and that people need to be grounded in the word of God. It is a manifestation of demonic power that people are being blinded and carried away into all kinds of cults and religions and isms with false beliefs. As a result of this, the word of God sinks into insignificance in such churches and organizations. This is the work of the enemy, Satan and his demonic horse. Let us watch out for him. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 726414475. From within South Africa, it's 0726414475.